Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports here at MetLife Stadium, where, um, I don't know, Jamal, I'm here with my my friend, co-host Jamal Murphy, who fortunately is not a New York Giants fan. Nope. <laughs> nope. Never, never have been. So I was truly... Neutral. I wasn't rooting against them or anything, but uh, oh no, because we like we like the organization. Yeah, we love we love the organization a lot, a lot. <laughs> and uh, but they took a tough tough loss, twenty nine, twenty seven loss to the Redskins, who needed it. You know, we always, people always talk about the now, now, team Jamal, that's more desperate. Jamal, yeah, we don't use that word on Bill Roden on sports. What's that? Oh, the, the oh, R, sorry. the R word. I'm sorry. How do you feel about? Well, clearly we know how you feel about that. Now, do you, do you, no, it's are, just are been, dri- been drilled fit? into me. Well, just like the N word, right? That was like drilled drilled. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, more on that later. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm one of those people that uh, thinks that Eli Manning has one more Super Bowl left in him. You know, almost like the worse they get off, the worse start they get off, the more ah, now they got him just when they want him. Um, but this was an interesting game, primarily. I mean, it's early season, right? You know, early season, but this was a rematch with uh, Josh Josh Norman and uh, Odell Beckham, right? And Thriller uh, in Manila, yeah, the Thriller in Manila too. And yeah, I mean, you knew that it wasn't going to be anything like that insanity. No, last year when Odell Beckham was completely lost his mind. Right, right. And you know, there was there were talk there was talk prior to that game that he had he was you know there was instigation involved from uh, the Panthers, oh, yeah. but there's always yeah, yeah. that's always the case. So you have to keep your head regardless. But yeah, I mean. There was so much talk before the game. You knew nothing like that was going to happen. First of all, right. the league, the league was on on high alert. Right. Uh, they both were supposedly warned before the game. Right. Uh, uh, Norman addressed that in his press conference, and I and I I think Beckham did also. Mm-hmm. So they they knew. And and when you watched the game and you saw the interaction, it wasn't too much going on there. Right. You well, know, you know, everybody's a year you're a year older. The context changed. I mean, last right. year. Uh, uh, yeah, Josh Norman was was with Carolina. Right, they were going toward the Super Bowl and they were winning. And right, Cam and Cam Newton was like sort of the show and that kind of right. stuff. And now he's with Washington, a whole other context. Um, Beckham is a year older now, whether he's wiser or not. Because even today, I mean, he's still kind of emotional. I mean, oh, very emotional. <laughs> did, you, did you see the memes? There's already a bunch of memes out there with him <laughs> crying with real tears after something happened during the game. I can't and, remember and, what and, it was. And Eli and, and Kevin. Uh, Kevin Keating, our engineer. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? He's good. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a little Th- thumbs up. Th- thumbs up. Yeah, he gives thumbs up for those in radio land, po- podcast land. Um, I'll give you a little sound because um, Eli was seems seems a little baffled because people ask, well, what was what was uh, <laughs> what was Odell upset about? Right. And, uh, and, and uh, you, you should hear the sound because Eli just seemed baffled. <laughs> I mean, he, but he always seems baffled. Actually, he, yeah, he, he seems, has a baffled look. Yeah, he does always have a baffled look, but he was particularly baffled. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here's here's what Eli had to say about that. Yeah, he's trying to figure out what was going on, why, why it was frustrating. It seemed like we were, you know, he was getting catches, he was making plays, and um, you know, just need him. You know, we need everybody to stay calm. We don't need to get get rattled. We don't need to get fired up. Um, you know, you can get excited, celebrate your teammates, but you know, we just got to keep. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, you know, he's got to do a better job offensively. Everybody just staying, staying calm and staying in our rhythm. Yeah, um, you know, um, and it seems like that you mentioned somebody asked uh, um, uh, Beckham. I mean, uh, Beck, Beckham, what happened after the game? He said uh, that after the game, said you guys really had a nice moment. You know, you and Josh Norman. What was said? 
And uh, he just said, hey, we're just two fierce competitors. That's all it was. We love football, and we feel like this has turned into something that's not football, honestly. Uh, I know that all I care about for is football. And it was not me. I, again, I think that you, when you have a year to think about this stuff, and then you got you know, your mother you know, right, and right. your friends telling right. me, we didn't raise you. Like that boy, but he's down, he's like down, down south. And he said, "Boy, right. we didn't raise you. What you go out north and you just lose your mind and right. turn your you first you put your right. blonde hair on yeah. and now you we didn't raise you to be that kind of kid." So I'm sure he heard a mouthful at some moment from his mother or somebody, you know. So he, he she said, "You ain't too big for me to put you over my knee." No question. And on the on the field, Beckham showed up. I know mm-hmm. the Giants lost, but he showed up. Uh, seven receptions for 121. So he definitely. Uh, Pulled up his half of the bargain, and in the in the process, he became the fastest player uh, in NFL history yeah. to get to three thousand yards, and the fastest player in NFL history to get to get to two hundred receptions. Mm. So he's doing a a lot. It shows you how talented the kid is, how good he's been in the first two years. I mean, he's basically he's been the best wide receiver ever over the, over a short time period. That's saying a lot. Yeah, and. Um, you know, again, something like that. Like even today, somebody's asked. So this thing, what we do in the media. I mean, we we special. You know, they, they kept they kept goading him. They were saying, right, it's right. the one guy. Uh, you know, Dow uh, looked like there was a lot of jawing during the game. You know, was Josh yeah. talking a lot on the field? Yeah, you know, not really. Like I said, I didn't see much jawing. Yeah, and and, and even even uh, Odell said, well, I, he said, I don't really remember any words. I just remember going out and playing our game. It just so happened that we came out with a loss today. I, so he was trying to play it down. And typically with us, you know, then then the, the, next, the follow-up question, well, what happened on the sideline after you had a big drive? You seemed to have a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I don't remember. <laughs> he doesn't remember, yeah, okay. Well, he'll be, they're going to be reminding him all week. Right. And I'm sure he's already seen the memes because this, this is the culture we live in now. You can't do anything that, gets, that goes unnoticed now. And people will right. record it on Instagram and Twitter and everything like that. So, you know, he'll be reminded plenty. As, as for as for Josh, yeah, so somebody, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, somebody else asked him as a follow up. They said, "Were you in tears at any? <laughs> were you in tears at any point?" Uh, he was. He was. But, I mean, there's visual evidence. But he said, "I don't remember." There might have been sweat. They said, "How did you get that scratch on your face?" Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, on the first touchdown, Norman caught you in the air. You faked and carried you about five or six steps. Were you surprised the referee didn't call a penalty on that? I don't remember. That good. He yeah. sounds. He sounds like who said that? Oh. uh the baseball player remembers Mark that. McGuire. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Or uh, who, who said misremember? Misremember. That, uh, Clemens. Clemens, yeah. I, I must have mis- misremembered. misremembered. <laughs> hey, man, it happens. I misremember sometimes, too. Oh, clearly. That's my middle name. <laughs> misremember. Today, we, well, anyway, that's another I hear thing. you. But, again, you know, and as Eli had said, um, uh, another, this is like just game three, I mean. But right. that, that's what we do uh, in the NFL because we're only – you only play 16 games, right. so every single game does carry right. some weight. Exactly. When when can you stop saying that? Oh, it's only week three. Then you say it's only week four, and by right. the time you know it, you're you're two and six, and you, you can't say it's only week eight. Like like the Jets. I mean, again, I'm, we'll probably get an update. But last I looked, it wasn't looking good. It was not looking good for for, yeah. for the visiting team. Yeah, tough tough place to play at Kansas City, and the Jets aren't aren't uh, doing too well over there. Mm-hmm. But you know, back to back to this game. And back to the Odell Josh Norman uh, feud or whatever, we already mentioned Odell's stats. Very impressive, Norman. But Norman comes away with the win. You know, did his thing, and and he was very very happy 
uh, in the press conference. He wanted everybody to know how, how good he felt that the Redskins got their first win and that he was a part of that. And, you know, coming into the big, bad New York Giants stadium and being able to come away with a win uh, in that circumstance, he was uh, over the top. That's what he had to say. It was an awesome day. Straight awesome day. Like, from the beginning, when the refs came over and talked to us about nothing. (laughs) And towards the end, when I was celebrating with my teammates victoriously, can't ask nothing better than that. <laughs> All the stuff in between that was show. At the end of the day, a W all that matter. And just, gosh, man, I'm going to be on this high for a while. So <laughs> that's good, man. So obviously, Josh Norman's happy. Uh, Redskins are happy. They like they needed the win. They were 0-2. Had yeah. to get that first win. Yeah, and, and, and obviously, as you might imagine, on the other side, uh, you know, the whole Giants from from um, the head coach to Eli was about the blunders and losing their commi- uh, losing their composure. Uh, Eli had a, had a couple interesting things to say about the mistakes. This is the first thing he said, um, you know, when, when, when asked about the blunders and the, the, the penalties. You know, we got to play smarter. It throws you out your rhythm. It you know, makes the play calling harder. Uh, it's, you know, slows down the game. We got them on the ropes a few times, and, and all of a sudden we're going backwards. And so um, – you know, we got, we got to play smart football. We can't afford to do that. Yeah, you know, um, we, we were talking before. I mean, again, this is game three, so we don't want to um, – and by the way, we do like football. I, I know that that's sort of the, the tide of kind of like with injuries and all that. I've been talking to parents even. A lot of parents, most of them black parents, about whose kids are playing football. And they're like saying, you know, I'm like, well, what do you feel? Like, well, you know, I mean, if, you know, I mean, I want to be safe, but if this is what they want to do, then, you know. <laughs> so one parent said, "It's more for us because um, you know, a lot of parents are taking their kids to lacrosse and all that." She said, right. "Yeah, it's great. It's more for us." <laughs> yeah, no question about it. <laughs> but but um, there, you, we were talking before. There are a lot of other interesting things that are going um, you know, going on in the NFL early. I mean, early early yeah. on, right? Yeah, early on. I mean, you know, week three, like you said, uh, some interesting things that happened. I mean, Buffalo gets a win. They needed a win. Rex Ryan had to be on the hot seat. Uh, had a horrible performance against the Jets, at least horrible. Co- you know, especially coaching-wise. He made some, you know, weird decisions uh, in that Jets game, and the Jets came up big with that win. So Buffalo, they beat Arizona, which you know is a big surprise. Arizona looked good last week. Uh, most people thought Arizona would take care of business against Buffalo. It didn't happen. So Rex gets a victory, and he survives another week. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't hear any, uh, you know, any rumors of being fired this week. Well. You know, the people are kind of biting their tongues. Right. You know, you know, I'm sure he'll hear it next week. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought the big, uh, the big surprise was um, in, in, in New England, man. I mean, these guys, where do they get these players from, man? Right. I mean, you know. Uh, well, they had a they had a, the black, a black quarterback. Yeah. I think that was the first uh, time they had a black quarterback starting in the history of their organization. I, th- I think you're probably right. And he came through. You know, he came through for the for the. For the motherland, big time, big yeah. time. Uh, I was, as they said, uh, Celtics coach Brad Stevens told reporters last week that spending time with Bill Belichick can make you feel pretty inadequate as a coach. <laughs> I hear that, but he's been around a long time. He has been around a, lot, a long time, but it's interesting. I'm trying to get the name of the kid who um, who played Brissett. Brissett. I mean, a rookie, right? That you know, okay, Brady. You know, Brady is out, and okay, so then you know. Uh, you get a, the second-string quarterback who played 
pretty well. He goes down, so people say, okay, now, for sure, it's over now. I mean, right. right? This kid, Brissett, comes in, man, and now people, you know, it could be a, a quarterback controversy. And then he, he's hurt now, so they have yeah. another guy who has to come in. Maybe Garoppolo might might be right, better. Right. Uh, but let me ask you this. Does, does this mean that uh, Tom Brady is overrated? No, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it seems well, like people, Belichick can win with anybody. People, people, people have always said that Brady is a, is a system quarterback. Right. That this is just the perfect system for him. Now, I mean, I, even remember <clears throat> when he got hurt that year and that uh, Cassell come in mm-hmm. or Castle, however you pronounce Terry, it, Castle, yeah, Castle, Matt Castle, Ca- and Matt, Matt Castle, Castle right. and uh, they went eleven and five. Right. So, and I don't think Castle has ever ever been close to eleven and five since then. The rest yeah. of his career. Yeah. <laughs> and he he started some games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, clearly they've got a great system. Right. They've got a great system. He, and there is something to be said for them. No, I think he, clearly he's a great coach. I mean, he, you know, even they, they do push the rules a little bit. But at least when you push the rules, you win. Right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call him overrated. Who? A Brady? Tom Brady. I don't know, man. He, he, <laughs> he'd be on my team. He'd be on my team. Um, but what else? What um, else? I mean, today uh, Denver goes 3-0. and they still have that. They, their defense still looks great. Uh, they have the, the kid uh, Simons uh, is the quarterback. He look, you know, he's a rookie. He's he's you know playing pretty well, but has them three and zero. But you know, on the strength of the defense, um, another uh, interesting game today, which is going on now. But last I looked, Philadelphia was crushing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. and everybody Pittsburgh is almost everybody's favorite. You know, team to to come out of the or be one of the teams to come out of the AFC or one of the formidable teams in the division, and the Eagles, who nobody was talking about uh, beginning the year, the rookie quarterback also with Wentz. Um, to you know, last I looked, twenty seven to three against Pittsburgh. Um, maybe the Eagles are pretty good. They could be. They, they I mean, they they could be. Uh, meanwhile, the Forty Nines were getting killed again, right? Yeah, Forty Nines getting killed. Maybe uh, will there be a Kaepernick sighting? Well, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued to see right. what happens if if they if they continue to lose like this, and now Kaepernick has to play. You know, what do you what do you think? You think uh, you think he has to play? You think do you think the owners want him to play? Do you think the coach wants him to play? What do you think? Well, I think they want to win, right? And I think they they cannot they cannot afford to keep losing like this. I, I, I think the, their worst nightmare, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, the owner, they, they did come out and give a million dollars to whatever charity, but, right. you know. And Chip Kelly's been, you know, saying some pretty pro-Kaepernick stuff. He's supporting him. He better. Right. Because all the black players think he's racist. I guess, I guess not anymore. Maybe maybe the tide is turning. Well, he he turned the tide. Right. And the league is 67% back. If i got any future in this league, right. and even in college, right. big-time college, I better change his image. Quickly, he's. And they say he's got. He's got like a black power thing on his jacket. <laughs> he wears like a little fist or something. He, yeah, I heard. He leads. You know, he, he's there kneeling in prayer with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard he's gonna raise his fist for the for the national anthem. Hey, brother, what, what, anything else you want me to do? Because <laughs> they knew how bad they, they knew they had a stiffer quarterback. That's because they, you know, the rumors were that. Kaepernick was trying to get himself traded, right? And they said, "Oh no, 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 no! We know who we got a quarterback. We're not, we're not trading you, right?" So that that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, spe- along those lines, uh, Carolina is. Well, this was really the, probably the biggest and most interesting game of the day. Carolina mm-hmm. drops to one and two. Cam Newton drops to one and two. They lose at home to Minnesota. They were seven point favorites going into the game, um, and then you know the real story is just 
where they're playing. They're in, they're, they're in Charlotte. Uh, obviously, we know what's going on in Charlotte with the protests uh, over the last right. you know three, four, five days, nights, days and nights due to the um, another unarmed uh, person being oh, shot man. and by by and the cops. Then even what we were talking about on the way over the stadium, the potential of a frame up, right? You know, with the, with the police possibly trying to plant a gun and possibly getting caught right. on on slow mo right. of planting the guns and which led to a very interesting conversation in our car coming over just about, you know, things that we call it a play. I mean, you know, how at this point, you know, when when these things happen and the police have their way of trying to justify it and planning this and planning that and planning that. I mean it's really quite demoralizing when you think about that these are people that are supposed to protect you know, protect the citizen, the citizenry, and in many many instances, they're seen as these occupation forces. And uh, you know, this it just keeps getting worse, man. It just uh, this very depressing. And you're right. I I wonder whether they should have even played that game. And I, there's a part of me that thought that if if the black players on both time, on both sides would have really had some nerve, if they would have just said, "We think that this game either either should be canceled." Or we think there should be a moment of silence before the game or something. But we're just not going to go out there and just, you know, just play the game like nothing happened. Which is what they did. <laughs> um, right. You know, and Cam, <laughs> Cam Newton uh, made some headlines pregame for wearing wearing a shirt with the Martin Luther King Jr. quote that said, Injustice Anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We've all heard the quote, and it's true. Um, but he wore a, he wore a black T-shirt with with that writing, and I guess he, th- you know, to him he's taking some sort of stand with that. What do you think, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Cam. <laughs> that was. I mean, listen. I mean, because he was taking so much heat. Right. I mean, people are doing everything but calling him an Uncle Tom. Right. I mean, yeah, some did. Right. You know. So I guess, you know, you got to feel an incredible amount of. Um, pressure man when you know when when you kind of taking these little vanilla stands right and and black people getting killed and now black people starting to question your blackness and and uh, you know and you're down in north carolina of all places right. and then in your very hometown because remember when we start giving these vanilla answers none of this stuff would happen it's certainly not in his backyard right so now he gives his whatever his little answer was and then all of a sudden a black unarmed apparently unarmed black man gets shit in his, shot in his town now they okay, Cam. Now what are you gonna do? Says okay, I'm gonna put on a shirt. I'll, you know, injustice anywhere. And you kind of okay. Now what do you say? I mean, what 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 are you saying? I mean, right. And he made a he made a, a, a lot of a lot of players this week after this happened made statements. Um, his was you know kind of the same thing. Like you said, I don't you know I don't question what's in his heart. I don't know what's in his heart. I'm, I'm assuming he cares about black people. Right. Um, and he but it's just his statements. Does he care about? I guess the question would be: Do you care about your brand, right? And making more money? Uh, do you care more about that than you care about black folks and injustice? And, right. and, and and do you do you have to wait till something happens to you, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you become, you know, like Malcolm or something, you know. Um, so I, I mean, I don't. Know. Again, I, I guess as I get older, you realize that you know you just have to let people be you know uh well to some extent right i mean the whole point is that 
you know, Cam, and I think you talked to his dad um, uh, last year. Right. But the fact is that, Cam, you know, there was only like 30 years ago, man, you couldn't – there weren't black quarterbacks. Or, I mean, you, there's a lot of stuff here in North Carolina you could not do. Right. Only because people pe- people pushed and pressured and didn't worry about their brand and didn't worry about making money and that kind of stuff. And they took a stand. They marched. They demonstrated. Some people got hurt very badly. Some people got killed, you know. And that's just, it gets back to Kaepernick. It's just the nature of struggle from the Revolutionary War to now. I mean, you don't ask permission. It's not pleasant. Uh, it, it usually, you know, you usually will make enemies, and they were going to be your enemies anyway. You know, so he's got to, you know, Cam's got to decide who he's, who's he going to be, not as a football player, but as a black man. Who you, right. what role, what are you going to do? I mean, what, what, what role are you going to play? You know, and, uh, it's nice that he put the Dr. Keefe, but I feel it was, he, was, he just felt pressure. Yeah, no question. And and he has a lot of thing, a lot Maybe of... Michael Jordan was his advisor. Even worse, actually, because we know a friend of the show, uh, Jonathan Jones, you know, a friend of the show who's been on the show, he wrote an interesting article in uh, SI, on SI.com about the Panthers hiring a Republican strategist uh, to basically be Cam's mouthpiece, so that's where a lot of what? yeah Luntz L U N T Z he's a he's a Republican strategist slash pollster, and you've seen him he's on Fox News he does a lot of the uh, the focus group stuff after debates, and supposedly with people within the Carolina organization hired him to to consult with cam newton on how to deal with how to deal with these questions so of all people right a republican a republican trump supporter is 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 consulting with cam on how to how to respond to these questions jerry richardson i mean you know who i believe i believe i believe is a republican right as well i don't know if he's a trump republican but He's the one who, I mean, he had, to, he had to okay this. Right. I mean, what kind of room were you sitting in when you said, how do we deal with this? Well, let's get a, let's get a Republican. Let, who can we get to help Cam? And I mean, I'm just trying to think if you're like, I mean, who would you even, like with Jim Brown, we like, uh, yeah, Jim, we'd like to get um, Ronald Reagan to kind of give you a little pointers on how to deal with the, how to deal with the riots out there, you know? Right, oh, right. You no, know, it shows you people don't have a clue. Or maybe they do. Maybe it's some sick... Uh, you know, strategy on their on their part. Um, obviously, this is what they want. They want him to say things that you know will appease and football so, fans. We've talked about these these the, these football fans. Oh boy, brother! Yeah. You know, you know. Every time when you when you go through the uh, when you go through the parking lot, I, mean, I don't want to typecast people, but you know, you're thinking you go into the parking lot, and you know, people getting bearded up and stuff. You're like, wow, man. You know. Yeah. These are the people that if if I were to you just have a sense that if I were to raise my fist or bow my for the national anthem, oh, you would just get it, man. You you would just you would just hear it. You could again. I hate to just typecast, but I think I'm. Pretty, <laughs> I mean, we've seen it now. I mean, the people have come out of the out of woodworks. They're Kevin, not hiding. Kevin, anymore. Kevin's over here. Like he, we got to get you. We got to get you a mic. Right, I know <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's the way it is. Right. I mean it's not even a, a typecast anymore. I mean, right. we, their voices are being heard. We hear them on Facebook. We hear them on Instagram. We hear them on Twitter. Like they're right. they're speaking their mind. And, and by the way, this election is a lot. I mean, people are talking about taking this thing for granted, man. This this there, there are two things that troubled me about about the election. There was a uh, uh, I have to get the sister's name who owned a Liberation Bookstore, and um, 
you know, it's a very famous bookstore in Harlem. Uh, and uh, she was allowed, you know, I went to go by there, we talked. And uh, I forget whose office, maybe Bush was in office. But she said she must have been maybe 70 or 80 or something like that. But she was talking about, um, uh, oh, yes, 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 yeah. Uh, Una Mozak. Una Mozak of uh, Liberation. Goodest sister, Kev. <laughs> uh, Una Mozak. But she said, yeah, you know, you know, this kind of wit, this, this wisdom comes. Yeah, well, you know, the Democrats steal for eight years, then the Republicans steal for eight years. That's what. That's how the system works. They steal for eight years. And when I'm thinking about that today, it kind of terrifies me because, you know, the Democrats went office. They, they, you know, plunder for eight years. Now whose turn is it to steal for eight years? And I was trying to think of when was the last time one party stayed in office for more than eight years? And it was, you have to go all the way back to Franklin Roosevelt. You know, so, you know, I mean, I know we're talking about no, you know, hey, football and all that kind of stuff, but this stuff is really and nowadays real. it's all the same football, politics. It's all it's all like meshing together. Mm-hmm. You can't talk. You can't even talk about football without talking about this stuff because it's out there in the open now. And uh, no, I hear I hear you with the as far as the the parties and and no, and people don't really like to keep one party in there, you know, more than two terms. But I've always look, looked at the and, try, and I I agree with you. It is cl- it is closer. Um, there is a real threat that we could have, you know. I mean, what would a that lunatic even, right, as, what would as that even pre- look like? A, a lunatic as the president. We don't. <laughs> nobody knows where look. But I think in the end, you know, enough people think like that and understand that that he will not win. And the fact that you have a a guy like that leading your party to me that that's kind of the the beginning of the end or the end of the end of your party and maybe that's why they're not going to get it back because they're, they're, I mean you can't you can't be a party that that's anti everything anti-Hispanic but their Hispanic population is growing you're anti-black the black population is kind of growing you know so anti-gay anti-gay the gay, the gay population the is gro- how, how are you going to win right Right, unless you just steal the election. Right, yeah, so which, that's what yeah. that's what we're scared of. Yeah, yeah, well, because they, right. you know, because they're trying. That to can st- happen. It can happen. It, oh, it, are you kidding me? It can happen. So you know, um, I don't know, man. We will, uh, we will see. Um, <laughs> I'm I sorry, mean, I didn't mean to do that. No, no, we're supposed to be talking football, and I, well, de- but, I depressed you know, it. But yeah, yeah, I know. But you know, other thing too. Just kind of one thought about Cam. I don't know if we talked about this before last week when we talked about Cam Newton. But, you know, we keep talking about what's the next level of protest. And, um, you know, I was thinking, I, I was talking to John Rogers, who's the CEO of me and the owner of Aerial Capital out of Chicago. And he was saying, you know, it would be great if Cam or other athletes would look at their respective apparel companies, Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, and ask them, well, how many black people do you have on your board? Um, how, how, how much business do you do with black vendors? You know, I think that... Uh, this is about economics and power, and if you, if you talk about you want to lo- use your leverage, you know, and you remember that you know you, you uh, Under Armour, you say, well, don't give me a lot of you know sneakers for my my club, my boys' club. How, do you do you do business with these black vendors that really need business? Right. And I think that, uh, and in fact, I'm gonna um, I want to actually do some research. I want to find find that. Out. In fact, I forget who Kaepernick is with, but. You know, you kind of ask, look inside your organization, look inside your apparel organizations and, and get some accountability from them. Right. Who's on your board? Who's on your, and even in your agent, <clears throat> maybe your agent is white, but who does your agent hire? 
Right. If you go to the agent's place, they're like, they have like no black people in the agency, you know, no black secretary, no black, the real estate. I mean, and your whole operation, remember we asked, what's the name of that, who came on the show, Demario Davis. Right. And he kind of thought, yeah, maybe I should, yeah, start, right. I should start asking those questions. Who, you know, I'm talking all this stuff, black power, black power. But are you, you know, who's, who's, and, and again, this is not to say, you know, you can't have a white agent or a literary agent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you know, at least have them hire some black folks. Right. You know. Or at least, at least be conscious of what's around you. Right. And I think that's that's the real issue. Uh, you know, people are people have to get have some consciousness, and not everybody has that. Right. You know, and not and some people get it later than others. So you know, a guy like Cam, for you know, do I do I expect him to start you know making those type of power moves or mm-hmm. asking those type of questions? No, because he's not even sure what he should say. I know you got to get you a know? Republican strategist. Right, to you're not even sure what what what's what you know what your reaction should be yet. Right. So you got to get that down first before. You know, we can even get to the to to make real power moves, and and then I don't know how that comes. I know I know there are plenty of of of, of uh, athletes, all sports, NFL included, that have consciousness, mm-hmm. but not not every everyone. Oh no, I mean, but I think the good thing about about this whole thing with the flag and the national anthem is that people, at least athletes who normally may not critically think. They do have to think about what they're saying because a lot of people, public, are like, well, what do you have to say about this? Right. You know, black, white, green, and different people as well. This is what this guy says. Well, how do you feel? Well, I don't really know. I just want to, you know, that's right. not acceptable anymore. Right. You got to come up with some plausible, thought out answer. Either you're here or you're there, but none right. of this. I just want to, what did, what did uh, Beckham say? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so I guess that may be it, right? I mean, is there any more uh, pressing pressing stuff? I know that we're going to be um, having a very interesting visit later this week um, from uh, the author of uh, of uh, Texas football. This, um, of course, we should have the name of the author. Nick Eaton. Nick Eaton is the is the, is the author, and so. I don't remember the name of the book offhand, but Texas football or something. Right, it's about, about Texas, Texas football, football on all levels, from high school, college to the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he'll he'll be on. That'll be an inter- interesting conversation next week. Yeah, we'll drag it out of him. You know, uh, well, meanwhile, listen, we're here. Uh, um, uh, what we used to call the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants took one on the took one on the chin, and uh, we'll we'll see how they rebound, but. We now we're going to rebound because we'll be back. We will be back later this week with yet another podcast on Bill Roden on sports, right? Yeah, we'll be back in, uh, next week. And we'll also be back at MetLife Stadium uh, next Sunday for, for Seattle versus the Jets. So that'll be a, that's another big game. That's a, boy, because if the Jets, boy, if they and lose. The, and the Jets look like they could be one and two coming into that, looking at one and three if they mm-hmm. lose to Seattle. So that'll be interesting. But in the meantime, uh, this episode will be up tomorrow morning. Um, check it out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at, at BrosPod, Instagram at BrosPod, Facebook. Uh, like our page, which is which is Bill Roden on Sports or at BrosPod. So do all that good stuff. Uh, 
And let us know who you like to hear from. I mean, right. there, there are people we are. Our range is limitless. We could just grab people like Carl Banks. I think we're going to have uh, Carl Banks on the show. Uh, you know, Beyonce. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry about that. Well, hey, you never really know. You never and know. Email, email us if you have any any questions, any any uh, comments, anybody you want on the show, any topics you want us to discuss, any any d- direct questions. And if and if you have any any good ones, we'll read them out on the air and Even give you credit bad. for it. But uh, email us at at brospod at gmail dot com. B R O S P O D at gmail dot com with any comments and you know uh, show participate participation. Right. Hey, listen, I'd like to thank uh, Kevin Keedy, our sound engineer, uh, Raisa Kelly, who I guess is busy doing our video. A lot of you have been watching us on uh, YouTube. And Jamal's always been a pleasure. I'm not always been a pleasure, it's always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bill Roden on Sports. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.